0: Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. Thanks so much for spending a little bit of your time with me. Today, I'm going to pull back the curtain a little bit in a way that I think will be fun, and more importantly, very helpful. So to give a little context, I do these small group calls with some of the people in the 12 Weeks to Transformation. If you were around listening when we did our last 12 Weeks to Transformation launch, you heard the special bonus that if you registered by a certain time, you got a coaching call with me. Anyway, I have been having a lot of those coaching calls. And one of My strategies is that after each coaching call, I make some notes about the themes that came up. And the reason I do that is because for me, when working with people and doing things like this podcast, I want to know the tools that are the most applicable, that resonate the most. And it's great in a small group format. You get to see like what really clicks for people, when the light bulbs go off, when people feel like, oh my gosh, yes, that's exactly what I needed. And there were, I would say, four or five things that came up over and over and over. Many of them came up on every call that I had. And I thought it would be cool to review those with you these top things that i am reminding my clients these top tools that i am sharing with them and it's not just on these coaching calls these are things that come up on we not only do the small group video calls for for some of the people but every week for everybody we do a coaching call where i answer questions and these tools certainly come up again and again and again the first one we're just going to dive right in here because there's a lot to cover. The first one that comes up is very simply the topic of standards. And here's the way I like to think about this. In a lot of areas of our lives, we have standards. For example, we're going to get to work on time, right? We have professional standards. Maybe we have a standard about the way we dress at work. And, and I'm not talking about a, a corporate enforced standard, your own standard, your own standard. Maybe uh, the way that you present yourself at work, the fact that you do your hair, you do your makeup. That was never personally a standard of mine. Uh, I'm more of a, of a messy bun kind of girl, but regardless, even when I worked in corporate, that was the case. We have standards, I I would never be late for work. You know, that just was one of those things, no matter how many times I hit snooze, I was always up in time to not be late for work. That was a standard of mine. We also have standards in our relationships with other people, whether it is about communication, or it's about behavior, like, I, I don't tolerate lying or cheating right those are just things that they're they're off the table those are standards that i set for my my romantic relationships with other people we have standards in a lot of areas of our lives maybe as parents we have standards about what we'll let our kids watch or what we won't let our kids watch or, or screen time standards or um, clothing standards, what our kids can wear and what, like, nope, you're not leaving the house in that. The helpful thing about standards is that they narrow the available options, right? To use the most recent example in terms of clothing standards for your kids, not everything is on the table, right? They know when they're going to leave the house that there's a smaller selection of options. They're not wearing things that defy the standards, if that's something that you have a standard for. Or if they're watching TV, everything is not an option, which makes decision-making a lot easier when there's a standard. However, a lot of us have no standards for our own behavior, especially when it comes to areas where we struggle, whether that is food, food, or it's movement, or it's spending, or saving, and that means everything is always on the table. Everything is an option, and while I think standards are important for things like your career, and your professionalism, and those kinds of things, and parenting, there's no standard that is more important, that is more impactful than the standard that you have for yourself and the way you care for yourself and the way that you conduct yourself. But when I talk to people who struggle with food, usually everything is on the table. They don't have a personal standard. And that leaves so much wiggle room when it comes to choice. The problem with that is It's exhausting when everything is an option from binging, eating everything that's not nailed down to an extremely restrictive diet. Every day feels overwhelming. And this is why so many people obsess about food, because they don't have a simple standard. So one of my standards that is incredibly helpful for me is that I don't multitask while I'm eating. It's a simple standard. What that means is, and this is just mine personally that I developed through experience and making mistakes, and my standard is that I don't eat while I'm watching TV, I don't eat while I'm on my phone or while I'm working. And the reason I noticed that I needed to make a change here, that I needed to implement a standard here is because so many times I would be eating a meal or eating a snack while being on Instagram, or watching TV, and then have you ever looked down and you notice that it's gone and you're like, I kind of feel like I missed out on it. I wasn't really paying attention and you wish you could get it back, do it over, have a little bit more to eat? I found that while well, physically I was feeling really satisfied, psychologically I wasn't because I wasn't present for the meal. I also noticed that, you know, for example, if I'm watching a movie with Chris on a on a Friday and I think oh it'd be great to have some popcorn. Well when I have this standard that I don't multitask it's like well do I want to pause the movie go into the kitchen make the popcorn eat the popcorn come back and resume the movie? No, I don't. I don't want to go through that effort. It's not so much that I really want popcorn, it's not so much that I'm hungry. I just wanted to layer something on top of the activity I was already doing with watching a movie. And I'm not saying that should be or needs to be your standard the beautiful thing about it is it simplifies things for me. It eliminates a recurrent problem that I had of eating and then not feeling satisfied because I wasn't paying attention. So that's one of my standards with food. I have a standard that I don't spend more than I make. So there's never a debate of like, well, I mean, I could put it on the Amex and pay it off next month. That's never an option because that is a simple standard that I have. You know, when we're doing renovations and it comes down to, well, we could add this and it would only be this much more and it would be easier and cheaper to do it now than to do it later. It really comes down to, do I have the cash to pay for it? Because I'm not I'm not going into debt for it. I'm not putting it on a credit card. I'm not taking out a loan. That is a personal standard for me that makes decision making so much easier, so much easier. One of my other standards with food is alcohol or sugar, but not both. And that streamlines so much decision making. It's not like when I go out or even when I'm home, it's not that everything is on the table. It's just not. I've simplified it, I've streamlined it, and then I practice it over time. One of my standards with movement is based on how many walks I go on per week and how many workouts I get in per week. It's a, it's a set number. I'm going to make it work. I look at my calendar at the beginning of the week and I put those things on there. So then it's never like, oh, I should work out more. When am I going to work out this week? Oh my gosh, it's been three days and I haven't gotten a workout in. It's a standard. Those numbers are standard. There are seasons when they change, like in pregnancy, those, those standards absolutely change. But in general, it is defined, it is standardized, it is on my calendar. And that narrows the range of options for me. What are your standards? What are your standards? If You open yourself up to hit snooze 35 times in a morning and blow off your commitments and your workouts, it's because there's not a standard there. And I'm not saying that's where you need to start with a standard, but I do think if you're struggling, you need to start somewhere. So I'm always talking to my clients about standards. Do you have a standard for money? We have standards for so many other things, and 99% of the time when we're struggling, We don't have a standard and or we're not in a practice of enforcing it. Most of us might think, well, I kind of sort of do. Look, if it's negotiable, if it's open for debate, it's not a standard, right? If you say, um, you know, that this is just a random example, and obviously I don't have teenagers, um, but I don't know why this is coming to my mind. Very old school. But if you say that your 12-year-old can't go out in anything that exposes her midsection, It's not a standard if, well, sometimes you can. If you're just going out with your girlfriends, it's fine. But if you're going to school or you're going to a co-ed thing, then you can't. That's not a standard, right? And so you can't treat your own standards like that. It's only a standard if it's the way it is. And where I suggest people start is just with one. Just one standard. Just one standard. We have have certain relationship standards like we don't... um, eat meals with the television on and that overlaps with my my standard of not multitasking while I'm eating but like Chris doesn't have that standard. He'll eat breakfast like this morning he was eating breakfast while watching a video on his computer. That's that's not a thing for him. It's not a standard for him but collectively though we have a standard where when we sit down to eat together the TV's not on, right? That's that's one of our relationship standards that probably developed before my not multitasking. Standard. Uh, But you got to have some kind of standard. Start with one thing. And the thing about standards is that it's not a one-time decision. It is a practice. Life is going to give you a ton of opportunities to practice that. Have a standard have a standard. I have standards in business. I have standards with food. But you can't start with like six at once and think that you're just going to like all of a sudden implement these hard and fast rules. Start with one. Start with something that you feel like you're able and willing to take on, right? If you establish a standard that you're like, this will never happen, that's totally ineffective, switch it up. Okay, the second trend that I noticed that kept coming up over and over and over again, when I was talking with my clients is knowing your ideal and then practicing it. Knowing your ideal and then practicing it. Where I find a lot of people getting hung up is on the fact that their goals are very, very vague. You know, like I want to spend more time with my family. Well, what does that look like ideally? Does that look ideally like you've got three family dinners per week does it look like you have one family day that you have a family game night what what does that look like that you do one-on-one dates with each of your children once a week what what does that look like for you when the goal is vague you're making it a lot harder to hit the target and we talked about this on a recent Q&A when somebody was asking me about how I calendar and I was saying Everything goes on my calendar, how I organize my time. Everything goes on my calendar because otherwise it's like, geez, what should I do next? When am I going to fit this in? Oh man, I don't want to forget about this. And I think it becomes a very similar feeling when we're vague about our goals. I really want to eat healthy more consistently. Then it comes down to, well, how do I start? Where do I start? What should I do? What should I not do? But if you know what your ideal is, then you can take action on it. So if you feel like I really want to spend more quality time as a family, what is the ideal? What does that look like? What parts of that can you implement this week? I do this a lot with food. I talk to so many people who beat themselves up when they indulge, and I think that's crazy unless your goal is to never, ever indulge for the rest of your life. I have yet to meet that person. I'm sure they exist. I just haven't worked with them or they haven't declared that to me. But for me, my standard is not to never indulge. My standard is to indulge in a way that still makes me feel good, which usually means right now, and this this shifts, if you were to ask me two years from now, it'll probably be different. If you were to ask me two years ago, it definitely would have been different. Once a week to once every 14 days, right? So that doesn't mean that once a week is a free-for-all. It means that once a week... I might have a couple of pieces of pizza. Or once a week, I might have a cupcake. And that range is seven to 14 days. So sometimes it's once a week, sometimes it's every 10 days, sometimes it's once every other week. But that's, that's the standard. I'm not going to for the standard of eating clean 100% of the time. That's not my ideal. Most people don't have clarity on what the ideal is, whether it's money and finances, whether it's family, whether it's marriage, you know, like I want to connect more with my partner. Okay, well, what's the ideal? A date night a week, sex three times a week, what is that ideal for you? And then you have to practice it. Where this comes up most frequently in terms of context when I'm talking to my clients is food. Again, they have this dieting mindset where, quote, eating clean is what they're going for. And everything else is wrong. Everything else is a screw up. And I'm like, well, but is your ideal to eat clean 100% of the time? I was talking to somebody who was saying that their weekends are really a stark departure from their weekdays. Weekdays are super consistent. They eat well. They feel good about their choices. Weekends, it's no hold barred. And they were saying, I really want the weekends to look like the weekdays. And I said, is that your ideal? Is that your ideal? Well, no, I mean, I want to go out and enjoy drinks and have dessert and time to time. Okay, you've got to get really clear on what is the ideal. Maybe you indulge twice on the weekends. Maybe you indulge once. Maybe you indulge once a day. What is an improvement for you or what reflects the way you want it to be? I believe that one of the primary reasons people don't continue with their success when it comes to eating better or moving more regularly is because they're not doing it in a way that reflects their ideal. If your ideal is not to work out seven days a week, then it doesn't make sense for you to be working out seven days a week. If your ideal is not to eat chicken breast and broccoli for, you know, eight meals a week, then don't do that now. But in order to execute against this, you've got to get clear on what the ideal is for you and then practice it. If your ideal is to indulge once a week or once every couple of weeks, then you have not screwed up when you do that. It was not a mistake. It was not a problem. It's not something you have to compensate for. It's something that you should be practicing. The third tool that comes up very consistently in these conversations is the reality that you can convince yourself of anything. And I hear from a lot of people that say, I've just, I, I just can't seem to pull it together in the evenings. I'm so good all day, but then the evening comes and whether that's online shopping or it's overeating or you're kind and patient all day, but your fuse is short and you're short-tempered and you're aggressive in the evenings, whatever it is, they'll come at the, the awareness of the problem by, by claiming it. I, I just, I can't seem to control the behavior on the weekends, or in the evenings, or after a stressful day of work. And one of the things I say is, I believe you. In fact, just before I started recording this, I got a text message from somebody who gets my daily mindset upgrades. I'm going to open it up right now if I can. Um, uh, Let's see. I don't even know if I can find it now. Um... Anyway, it basically said something along the lines of um, no matter what I do, I don't stay consistent and I always end up falling off the wagon or something like that. And my response was, I believe you. I believe you. You are actively convincing yourself of that. If I say, no matter how much I want to write this second book, something always gets in the way and I never spend as much time writing as I plan to? Okay. I, I believe that. I believe that. You can convince yourself of anything, but why are you convincing yourself of the thing that you don't want? Why are you convincing yourself of the problem? You can just as easily convince yourself of the solution. Today, I'm going to write for 40 minutes and I'm going to put my phone in the house and I'm going to turn off Wi-Fi on my computer and I'm going to write on for 40 minutes and and nothing is going to stop me. I'm going to lock the doors. I'm going to close the shades. I'm going to let Chris know that I'm not to be bothered and I'm going to do it. I can tell myself that and I can convince myself of that just as easily as I can convince myself there's just no time. I keep getting interrupted despite my best intentions and my desire to get this done. Like something always gets in the way. I believe you. I believe you either way. You are always able to convince yourself of anything. It's just that most people are convincing themselves of the problem. I start off really strong, but it seems like every single day by the end of the day, I'm just over it. I'm done. And I, I kind of tap out. Okay, I believe you. But why are you convincing yourself of that? Because you could just as easily say you know what, this afternoon, this evening, one improvement I'm able and willing to make is this. I can actually make this afternoon a little bit better by doing just this one thing. You are going to convince yourself of absolutely anything and everything. You know, you can convince yourself that your coworker, that your sister, that your spouse is inconsiderate. And you can find evidence for that. But you can also as effectively convince yourself that they love you and they show it in this way and that way and this next way. We're always convincing ourselves. But when we struggle, it's because we're convincing ourselves of the limit of the barrier of the problem. So switch it. Flip it how can you convince yourself of something different? It can always be done. It's just that most of us aren't recognizing that that's exactly what we're doing when we express the problem. The other thing that keeps coming up is that with so many things in life, when we come upon a problem, we adjust and we do things differently. I noticed this with uh, our, our washing machine broke and because for whatever COVID-related reasons, getting somebody out here to repair it is like an act of Congress. Uh, People aren't available for months and months and months. And so we have been bringing our laundry to like a laundry service. And so Chris comes back with bags and bags of folded laundry. And The first three or four times, it seemed like we'd kind of the bags that come back are clear. We'd kind of find the piece that we want. We'd tear the bag open. We'd pull it, and then like a week and a half later, we'd have four torn open bags in in various states of disarray, basically blocking the closet. When you find a recurrent problem in an area of your life, most of the time. We, we switch and we do things differently. So we were like, okay, within 24 hours of the laundry getting back here, one of us needs to, to put it away. Like, can we agree to that? Can we agree like, hey, I'm picking up the laundry. One of us is going to do this within 24 hours. Yes, we can do that. Yet in so many other areas of life of life, we'll run into the same problem over and over and over again and do nothing to fix it but we'll just complain about it. For example, the one that comes up a ton is, I eat really well every day, and then in the evening, the wheels fall off. In another area of your life, if it was like, email seems to be coming through totally fine at work until about 2 p.m., and then there's like an issue and no emails come through between two and five. Would you just go through work like that every day, missing all of the emails between two and five? No, you would be calling tech support. You'd be letting your boss know. You'd be like, hey, something's going on with the email here. We need to fix it. But with ourselves, we will continue with a pattern that is broken, that is flawed, that is not working for decades and not fix it. So you got to ask yourself, well, what's something I could do to fix it? I think a lot of the times people don't fix things because they're not quite sure what the fix would be, but the same thing is true when the emails aren't coming through, like you, you don't know how to fix it, but you start asking, you start trying, is it something with the server, is it slowing down, do I need to restart my computer, what if I close my email provider and I open back up, does everything come flooding back in? We'll try things in other areas of our lives, and yet we'll struggle with the same problem when it's personal or when there's payoff in some way. And I think this is really where a lot of the truth resides. To use that example of like, I eat clean every day, but come evening, the wheels fall off. I think a big part of the reason people don't fix it is because there's payoff when they're overeating or overindulging, like they're getting something from it. They're getting some satisfaction from it. But what they're often getting more of is frustration and disappointment and hold back and all of these other things. If there is a problem, let's stop focusing on how we feel about the problem and let's start focusing on what we can do to participate in the solution. And I wrote about this for at least a full chapter, probably more than that, in Chasing Cupcakes. If you haven't read that, or if you just need to revisit the part about customer service as an inside job and being a creative, energetic problem solver, this would be a great time to do that. You would not just tolerate the same problem every single day without doing anything to fix it or try to get help to fix it in your work or with your child, You wouldn't have a kid come home with a failing math test week after week after week after week, day after day after day, you know, getting failing grades on their homework. You'd be like, can we potentially get a tutor? Can he get extra help from school? Is there some extra work he can bring home to practice these skills? We've got to do that with ourselves. Are you being a creative energetic problem solver? And again, if you have to revisit this part of chasing cupcakes, please do because this tool is transformative in every area of your life, in every area of your life. And then the last one that I want to touch on today is that sometimes we have to tell ourselves to grow up, to think better, to ditch the drama. And when I was talking about this uh, on these small group calls that I was doing, Within the twelve weeks, I was sharing that, and I think I posted about this on social media too, but it was a while ago. I I am somebody that does not like to be late. I'm one of those people that thinks that if you're on time, you're late. Uh, I very much prefer to be early. So I had an appointment, and I left. An hour earlier than I needed to, not because I tend to run an hour early, but I was like, you know what, this will give me plenty of time to run an errand and still get there early. However, I wasn't really paying attention and I got on the highway the wrong way, which would typically be no issue when you leave an hour early except for the fact that when i got on the highway going the wrong way there was a traffic accident and traffic was at a dead stop and i had to go 6 miles before the next exit where i could turn around and i was literally not even going 2 miles an hour so i ended up being late and i'm sitting there in the car watching my navigation have you ever had this happen to you where it's like you'll be there at 11:10 And then you'll actually be there at 11.15. Oh, wait, another delay, 11.22. Nope, 11.27. And that's happening to me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. So I'm texting my husband and I'm like, seriously, I left early and now I'm gonna end up being late. And I don't know if they're even gonna be able to take me in. So I don't even know if I should just like call now and cancel and I'm literally making a mountain out of a molehill. And I had a moment where I was like, can you, Elizabeth, just like grow up and and kind of think better, think without the drama here? Because without the drama, it's you're either going to be a little late and they can take you or you're going to be late and they can't and you have to reschedule. And both of those options are fine. It's not catastrophic. You can call them right now, tell them the situation. If they tell you it's better to reschedule, then you can just listen to a podcast right now and turn around to go home in six miles and you can keep them updated. And if you have to reschedule, you have to reschedule. It's really not a big deal. And I find myself having to do this often. We had a, Chris and I have this ongoing um, discussion in the house. So we have lobster traps and he goes and pulls lobsters and he keeps bait in the freezer in the basement. And then when he brings lobsters home, he keeps them in the fridge in the basement. Theoretically, to make sure that the house doesn't smell like fish, that our freezer that we use for our regular food doesn't smell like fish and that the food in the fridge doesn't smell like lobster and all of those things. Except one time, there was a short in the freezer in the basement and we didn't know it until we were actually away, and my mom and her husband were, were staying at our house, and they texted saying, like, um, we walked into your house, and it smells really badly like fish, and there's flies everywhere. So fortunately, we didn't have to clean it up that time, but then it happened a second time, and the house smelled like fish because the freezer in the basement shorted, and I was so pissed. I was like, I told you when this happened last time that we needed to make sure that either we got a new freezer or we put it on a different circuit or something so that this didn't happen. And as I'm in the middle of like, pretty significant irritation, I was like, can you just grow up a little, Elizabeth and think about this a little bit better? The freezer shorted. This is, this is not a problem. So you, you clean up the fish in the basement you open some windows in the house and then you have a conversation about do you need a new freezer it's really not a big deal really not a big deal but we don't do this often enough we don't stop ourselves in a moment of drama and be like come on Be a little more mature about this. Be a little bit more focused on the solution than the problem than this. We just let ourselves go with the dramatics about the problem and how we feel about the problem. And we just need to be able to tell ourselves and we need to have a practice of telling ourselves, just grow up for a minute. We're not saying this to other people. We're we're saying this to ourselves. And I have to say this to myself all of the time. If I get an email that is, rude and disrespectful, happens a lot. There's inevitably a period of time from minutes to hours where I'm like, are you absolutely kidding me? Who do they think they are? Like, who would talk to somebody this way? Like, seriously, is this how you spend your Saturday afternoon? But Elizabeth, you have a platform. Not everything you hear is gonna be positive. Not everybody is gonna word everything the way that you want to. Not everybody is just gonna share the things that you hope they would share. This is just part of it. So move on. Respond if you want to respond. Delete it if you want to delete it. The end. The end. We all can benefit from very simply saying to ourselves can you stop for a second? Can you grow up for a minute? Can you practice being a little bit more seasoned and mature? Can you eliminate the drama? Can you get out of your fixation on the problem and how you feel about it? And can you give that energy objectively to the solution? I really think that that is one of those things that can change everything for us. And these are you know, these are tools that I talk about in the 12 weeks, but they're also tools that I reinforce every single day with a daily mindset upgrade. So if you are because the 12 weeks is not an option right now. Um, If you are looking for this mindset work to just think better, whether it's thinking better about standards or how you convince yourself or getting back into practice instead of just spinning your wheels on what should you do and how could it work, those are all mindset upgrades. So you can go to primalpotential.com forward slash text if you want to learn more about that. I basically send out these audio messages every single day. They're typically between one and three minutes long. You also get an email with the transcript if you prefer to read rather than listen. The cool thing about the text though is that we can text back and forth. I really like that. It's a fun way to connect. It's only 9 dollars a month, $9.99 per month to get seven days a week of these daily mindset upgrade messages from me. And also your first month is only a dollar. Seriously, which is bananas bonkers, but that is what it is. So primalpotential.com forward slash text if you wanna learn more about that. But hopefully these tools have helped you. I'd love to know which one landed with you the most. Which of these things do you think you'll really emphasize most? Is it the standards? Is it getting really clear on your ideal and practicing it? Is it being more mindful of how you are convincing yourself? Is it looking at things that don't work and becoming a creative energetic problem solver instead of just tripping over the same thing over and over and over again? Or is it the need to be like, okay, stop. Grow up. Think better. Practice being seasoned and mature in your response here and ditch the drama. I hope you guys have an amazing day. I really hope that you let me know which of these you're going to focus on and I'll chat with you very soon. Thanks so much for listening to the Primal Potential Podcast where our goal is not to help you learn. Our goal is to help you change. This is a year of action. Take something you learned from this episode and put it into action in your life today. To learn more about working more closely with me and the Primal Potential team, please visit primalpotential.com forward slash Transform.